right, we've got a very special treat this morning. I'm going to invite Josh Valdez up. Everybody give him a round of applause. <laughs> All right, Josh, if you don't know him, he is one of our elders, and he's a stud. Um, so I'm really excited. This is his first time preaching. So, uh, yeah, don't worry about that. It'll be fine. <laughs> so let's give him some grace, and uh, you know, if he says something really wrong, feel free to just yell at him. Stand up, and yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I just want to pray for him real quick, and then and then get to hear the word of God through you. Jesus, thank you so much for Josh. Thank you for our brother in Christ. I pray that you would bless him this morning, give him the words to speak to us that we need to hear. Uh, we know ultimately that that you preside over everything that happens on Sunday morning, and we. We bring our humanity with us, and so things might not be perfect, but we know that you want to speak to us through each and every message, through each and every song that you constantly are working in our lives. So I pray that you would speak through Josh, um, open our ears, open our, our eyes, open our hearts, that we would be able to receive what you want us to hear, but uh, bring us your word through him, and uh, Lord, help us to submit to this man's leadership, and to know that, that you have brought his life to where it is very intentionally. You've given him his own story, his own experiences, uh, and he has so much wisdom to offer us. So we thank you for this this morning and just pray that you would be all over him this morning. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alex. Hello? Oh, there we are. Okay. Hey, guys. There you are, everyone. Here I am. <laughs> It's a, it's a bright spotlight. It's, it's intimidating, but I've been stress eating and sweating all, all week. But, um, I need to, I'm nervous, so I'm going to pray for myself, so I'm going to pray one more time. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand uh, today and tell your story, your story of mercy, grace, redemption through my testimony. Lord, you are holy, loving, full of mercy and grace and worthy of our praise. I know I don't stand here today on my own authority or strength, but on yours. So in this strength, Lord, bless my words, calm my nerves, <laughs> uh, bring your message clearly to your church. And I pray this in and through your name, or you, through Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm Josh Valdez. I'm, I've been coming to Rock Creek uh, for about eight years, um, give or take. Um, and I've been an elder for the last two years. <laughs> um, this is my first time pre preaching, so uh, be patient. Um, if you're new to Rock Creek Church, welcome. We're happy you're here. This is a very special place. This is uh, a place full of grace. My parents are here, John and Kathy Valdez over here. Uh, it's their first time. Um, my family is over here, AJ. Uh, spectacular AJ, uh, the boy, Coleman, <laughs> and uh, Mandy, our oldest, is not here. She's at school, and Grace is, couldn't make it today uh, to be with us. So, And, of course, my beautiful wife, Grace, is here. Um, she's uh, beautiful inside and out. She makes me a better person, and I'm very thankful to have her in my life. Our story together is definitely one of redemption. Um, I'm very thankful for that. So, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about my testimony, my story. A uh, story of mistakes and um, ups and downs, wins and losses, but hopefully you're going to see Jesus throughout my entire story. Um, I first came to Rock Creek uh, in 2012, and um, I 
uh, was a single dad. I had my kids. I was looking for a summer activity, and uh, there was a big VBS banner outside uh, uh, facing McCaslin where I drove by every day. So the marketing dollars worked, and I came in, and I signed up my kids. Um, I remember Sarah Bulow, who's not here, her smiling face welcoming us as we uh, came in every day. And, um, and of course, Lori Russo, making my kids <laughs> feel like they were the most important kids uh, to be there that entire week. So very sweet memories. But uh, before that, I was born in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I moved to Louisville. <laughs> I moved, okay. Brian, this is, that's me, that champion over there. It's my twin brother, Jason. I still have that hat. Um, I have a, I'm from a large family, 10 kids. There's uh, six, I have six sisters and three brothers, so I have a big family. You'd alert me, boy, if there's any other pictures up there. <laughs> um, we were a raised Catholic, and I attended uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in downtown Boulder. Um, I also attended the Sacred Heart School. Uh, <laughs> that was the last known photo of me without a beard, too. It's, it's hard for it to get us all together, so that picture is dated, but that's the last one we got probably all together. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I went to Sacred Heart of Jesus Church, or, uh, School, so from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade, I was in a Catholic education, Catholic church, and I heard about Jesus every single day. I got to hear him in school and church, uh, first communions, uh, Sunday masses, daily masses, face-to-face -face confessions with priests. If you haven't tried that, that's not for the faint of heart, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, catechism classes, and uh, Jesus was everywhere and constant in my story. I've attended thousands of uh, mass services in my time, um, and... Uh, I can count, I heard Jesus every day, I heard about God through um, stories that I was hearing at school and church, but I can count the number of times, probably on both hands, that I actually opened up my Bible for myself and continued to read those stories um, of Jesus uh, that I was hearing in the readings. So I'd say my, my faith at that time was very surface level, it was very passive, it just wasn't my habit to do that. Um, and I lost my place. Uh, but so, uh, so in that, my, in my, my, um, my, my relationship with Jesus was service level, but I was a kid. You know, I was under 18. I didn't have a job. I lived at home. I didn't have this magnificent beard yet. <laughs> so uh, God couldn't be too upset with me, I figured. I figured as long as I went to church on Sunday, I was covered. I got the big thing done, right? Um, we had a rule in our, in our house about um, communion. So you're supposed to fast an hour before you receive communion. And um, church was at 7, uh, church was at 7 p.m. And uh, the communion was all the way at the end of service. So as a teenager, uh, uh, during, um, right during dinner time, we couldn't eat from 6 all the way to 8.30, right? So we had a, a long fast that we had to, uh, to pay. Um, so we had to do something about that. Our, the kids, my brothers and sisters got together and we said, you know, technically this is an hour before we receive communion, right? So we can eat right up until the time we leave for church. The service lasts an hour. We're still covered. You know, we, we can do the, the bare minimum. Uh, so even as little kids, we were little legalists. <laughs> uh, Romans 5.8 tells us, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As I uh, sat in preparation for this message, um, this really resonated with me. It was impressed on my heart how uh, it is God that demonstrates his love for us. Um, even as we're sinning, even as we're moving away, that it's God that's chasing us. And uh, he had a plan for us. He had a plan for me, certainly, before my sin, during it, and, and after it. And it's, it's him that, uh, that was chasing after me. But at that time, I didn't see it. Uh, I'm a natural people pleaser. I don't like tension at all. And Grace, I see her nodding over there. <laughs> um, this started when I was young. When I was growing up, I would do anything to make it okay, uh, to ease any tension I saw. Uh, I learned to be funny, to distract with jokes, and, um, or to simply withdraw. So in that laughter, I heard, uh, I received some worth, some value. I was just, I was the funny guy. You know, I was hilarious. Or, um, if, if anything, um, uh, sorry, mixed up my notes. Um, I was the funny guy. Or if, never happens to Brian. <laughs> Billy T. Repenning, Esquire. So are we good to go? All right. As, as I grew up, I, I think it's, I'm touching this. Maybe. some small. Um. Hello? Okay. There we go. All right. So my sin rack. <laughs> uh, some, some sins were big, uh, some small. Some were the innocent type sins that I had when I was uh, trying to be technical with communion, and some were a lot bigger than that. Um, I learned to uh, hide these sins probably the best. Uh, I embraced some of them. Uh, but most of all, I, keep, I kept them hidden, and they started to grow on my rack. Uh, so I, I grew up in Louisville. I got a job in Louisville, and I met a woman at that job that became my first wife. Um, we started dating and before long got married. Bought a house, had a dog, uh, had two amazing kids, and thought, you know, we are adulting now. This is amazing. <laughs> this is easy. Um, my sin rack was getting full. And as I got married and started to live with someone closely, I, I learned to uh, get rid of some of the sins in, in, in my life that were embarrassing, that were hard to deal with. Uh, but mostly I got better at hiding them, uh, keeping them hidden from me. I, would tell, I was telling myself I wasn't really hurting anybody by having these sins in my life, as long as I didn't go too far. 
uh, when we had our first daughter, Grace, uh, my then wife and I talked, had to talk about religion. Uh, we, uh, my then wife was raised in a Christian home. I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't going. Um, my ex-wife did not have an interest in being Catholic, so uh, we went church shopping, which was a, an experience. We found a, a place in Niwak, Colorado, that was uh, really welcoming, and we attended as a, as a new family, and it was really great. Uh, coming from my church, church background, this new church was Christian and different. You know, I was used to the Catholic experience of uh, stand, sit, kneel, repeat, and peace be with you. Thank you. We got some, we got some ex-Catholics here. <laughs> um, this new church uh, experience was uh, singing songs that sounded like rock and roll songs, right? And there's even some weirdos out there that would raise their hands as they were uh, grabbed by the spirit. Uh, that was new for me. <laughs> um, the pastor brought forth a teaching message that lasted about an hour, and uh, he actually encouraged us to open our Bibles and read along with them, um, that we were to engage with other Christians uh, throughout the week through life groups, which was living in relationship, which was different for me. Um, but the most unusual thing he did and uncomfortable for me at the beginning was at the end of the service, he would uh, give an altar call. He would call anybody down that was uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit to come receive Jesus as their Savior. I figured, you know, we're here, right? Uh, if you're at church on Sunday, you're already a Christian. Why do you need to ask somebody to come down and receive the Holy Spirit? But I didn't understand. Uh, but through those uh, services, through those sermons from the pastor, it didn't take me long to understand exactly what he was talking about. And um, praise God, I, didn't, I, I responded to that. I was moved by the Holy Spirit to uh, walk down in front and receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior at that small church in Iowa. My then wife baptized me uh, at, on that Sunday, that very Sunday, on a, a whirlpool like hot tub they had behind the stage. Um, I remember Grace was a toddler, and she watched through a little observation window as my ex-wife uh, stood in the pool and held me down for a couple extra seconds and uh, brought me back up. <laughs> Saved, reborn. It was, it was amazing. It was a very sweet memory. Almost immediately, I became very aware of my sin. I became convicted of the sin in my life that was hidden even from my then wife, and I knew that I had to uh, remove some of it. I knew I had to get rid of that sin or else it was going to interfere with my new found faith. Um, but I, I couldn't get rid of them all. I, I, for various reasons, some were very stubborn. Some were just comfortable, you know, like a comfortable jacket. You put it on, it's your favorite, and you can take it off and put it back. Um, some uh, was different. Some, I was hearing voices saying that I deserve that sin. Or this is one that, is, that defines you, and you can't get rid of that. That's going to be on you for as long as you're alive. And I kept going back to my sin. I couldn't get rid of them. Um, I had different sins of anger um, or a sin of lust, or pornography, or um, self-righteousness, pride. Pride was a big one. So as sin does, when you don't deal with it in your life, it grows, and it derails you, and it derailed me. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't stand a chance. It cost me, my marriage suffered at the time in, in small ways, in big ways, 
Uh, my children suffered as I was trying to be their father and stand as a leader in my family, and it ultimately cost me my marriage. Um, that was, that was a, a tough one for me. I found out that life is hard. It can be a battle, and it's a lot harder if you're battling alone. Sin can overwhelm you very quickly. You must understand, and I didn't understand, that I was not alone. The enemy loves to isolate us. He thrives on us questioning our self-worth or to tell you, you can't do anything about that one or you deserve that sin. The Bible says the enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, but we have an advocate, right? We don't fight on our own. We have tools to fight. Alone, we are vulnerable and we can't fight on our own and we're easily defeated. But together with Christ, we can overcome sins and live. Um, I got divorced. Uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, but after my divorce, I stopped going to church and I pulled away from everything, everything except work. At work, I thrived. I was important. I got to control the narrative. I led teams. I told them what to do, and they did it. I had power, uh, or perceived power, I guess. Um, my personal life spiraled out of control, and uh, my work life thrived. I. My sin rack filled back up with many of those sins I was able to get rid of, uh, but it had new sins, new sins that were big and impossible to get rid of and grew. It's sins of, my biggest sin was alcohol abuse. I fled to the bottle to numb the pain, to get away from reality, and again, as sin does, it grew out of control for me. It was uh, threatening to, to take my life, really. But God pursued me. Thank God. Um, back here, Rock Creek, 2012. Uh, I see the, the banner. I hear from my kids how amazing Rock Creek is and the nice church people that were there. And I hear about Jesus from my kids, right? There is a conviction that happens when you hear about something that you know and should be doing from your kids. And uh, God used that uh, to bring me back. So I came here. Uh, my family, uh, the schedule that I had with my family, uh, I did not have my kids on Sunday, so it was just me. So that first Sunday I came in, and I stood out in that lobby with my back against the wall, and I just tried not to look super awkward and threatening. <laughs> I tried not to let anybody know I was a weirdo. And, uh, and I was convinced that people could see the sin draped across me that I was dealing with. I was ashamed. Uh, but Rock Creek, being as it is, they welcomed me with open arms. They introduced me to more people that I could possibly be expected to remember, right, on that first Sunday. Uh, they, were, they did what Rock Creek does. Um, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Or 1 John 4, 9, we love because he first loved us. God was not done with me. He was pursuing me. I still had conviction in my heart that sin was wrong, and that sin was tearing me up, and I saw it. I knew I was made for more, and I knew I needed a change in the trajectory of my life, and I knew I couldn't be that change or the catalyst for that change. The sin and grave clothes that I was wearing in my life were becoming too much. Uh, so by grace, not my wife Grace, uh, I started a search for my maker. 
I attended church, another church, and it was great. I was learning, I was growing there, uh, but it was a big church, and I knew, I knew me, and I knew I needed more accountability in my life uh, to change, uh, change the way that I went back to my sin. Um, I needed people around me that would be close. I needed accountability. I returned to Rock Creek, um, and, uh, sorry. Um, I returned to Rock Creek, I was greeted by everyone, and I started to hear the sermons uh, by the then pastors. I was fed, I started to grow through the word of God. I was asked to join a life group, the Thundercats. Thank you. Uh, an amazing group, a pivotal group. I, I, I learned a ton there through a relationship and I continued to grow. Um, the group also just so happened to include uh, a certain hottie that I wanted to get to know better. Uh, it also included her daughter, who definitely did not want me to get to know her mom any better. Uh, so I had to turn on the old Valdez charm, and eventually we won Mandy over, and she let me date Grace. Um, Grace God has written a very special story of redemption through Grace and I. Uh, it's an amazing story. We were married right, right here at Rock Creek Church, right on this stage. Uh, by Billy T. Repenting Esquire over there. Um, it was, we were surrounded by family and prayer. It wasn't the, man, the, the Beulah Rowan wedding event, to be sure, but it was still pretty special. <laughs> uh, where we had two divided families um, before, uh, God had redeemed into one blended family. There we are. A lot of growing. Look at the boy. He's just a little guy. <laughs> Now he's six foot 20. Um, so through all this growing and living in a relationship and really being aware of my sin, my sins uh, slowly started to fall away. I could get rid of many of these because I knew uh, they didn't define me through behavior. I, I, I didn't have to carry those sins anymore. They were gone in my life. I was going to throw it to you then, but... Um, so, but there were still a few sins, right? As they do, they get ingrained and they become not just a part of your life, but sometimes who you are. Um, they become ingrained and entrenched and they're hard to root out. Uh, I knew and I was hearing the word of God and I heard the story that these, aren't, these sins don't define me, but I didn't fully believe it in my heart. Um, so the next step in my growth is God used a very special man uh, Mark Shevlin to tell me about uh, a weekend event called the Crucible Experience. Um, this is uh, an event that you go to for the weekend. Uh, they hold the, the event in Como, Colorado, which is about two hours away. They also hold it in other areas. Um, but I had shame in my life of this sin that I, I wasn't able to overcome. And I, I had to go away from anybody that I knew uh, to be able to confront that sin and be open and honest about it. So Naturally, I signed up for an event that was nine hours away from here, and I was sure I wasn't going to run into anybody I knew, uh, and I drove to the middle of Kansas to do this event. So imagine my surprise when I'm sitting at the event in a small room, uh, somewhat dark, uh, as men are checking in, and uh, somebody that looks just like Alex Rowan walks in the door. <laughs> and I'm like, that cannot be a coincidence. It was Alex, and we looked at each other, and we're like, well... Pickles. <laughs> We're going to do this. 
Um, God was telling me he didn't want me to battle this sin alone. He didn't want me to root this sin out alone. Uh, another exercise we did at that weekend was something called the big want. In short, in summary, the big want is something we want in our lives to make us feel complete. Uh, the Lord has written this want on each of our hearts, and uh, we search for it all of our lives through various ways. And if we search for that through relationship with the Father, we get to know him better, and we get to be uh, better versions of ourselves. But if we look for it elsewhere, in other things, in our sin, um, these, we develop d damaging habits that may temporarily fill that hole but are not lasting uh, relief from it. Uh, my big want is peace and worthiness. I wanted to be worthy of belonging, worthy to be happy, um, worthy to be accepted as a true friend, but mostly I wanted to be worthy of the forgiveness that God offers us. Um, if I got that, I would naturally get my second one of peace. I would live in in. God's peace. Um, Alex taught us about shalom peace in the Fruit of the Spirit series. Um, the shalom peace is defined as a completeness or a wholeness peace, uh, a feeling that things are as they should be. That was, that's what I want in my life, uh, not a temporal peace. Uh, or as Jesus said to his disciples at the Last Supper, all of this I've spoken with while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, the Crucible Project was pivotal as a catalyst for change for me. I wrestled with God somewhere in the middle of Kansas and came out the other side, bruised and limping for sure, but I came out uh, a new man. Uh, through it, I, do not, I realize that I do not need to wear these sin clothes on me to find my big want, that Jesus defines that big want for us. And in that definition and in that embrace of Jesus, that I am enough as I am. I was made for more. So that's my story. That's a, that story is not perfect. I know that. It's a story of many mistakes and sins, uh, but also of grace, undeserved mercy, and plenty of God. This is really God's story of redemption through my life. And the best part is the story is not finished, not even close. It is still being written right now as, we, as I grow in him and grow in his word and grow in relationship with uh, the church here at Rock Creek. What's your story? How are you handling or interacting with the sins in your lives? Uh, are you fighting it actively or are you putting it on a rack and hiding it away? Uh, are you taking dominion over it? Do you know, and I mean really know, that you are made in his image and that God loves you and will pursue you relentlessly? There is a fight raging right now, church, even as we are sitting here. There's a fight between truth and lies. Truth in the Holy Word and in the Bible that God teaches us and the lies of the sin that we think we need to define us. Uh, it, there's an enemy in this fight. 
He has tricks and tools at his disposal, which he uses against us, but he is a liar, and he seeks destruction. He is not a creator, and that's important. He manipulates, but he does not create anything. We have a creator, and he has overcome the sin of the world once and for all. He has equipped us and called us to fight, uh, but we are not called to fight on our own. We're called to stand in Christ's power and put on the full armor of Christ, the full armor of God, and to fight. Jesus gave everything um, that was required to cancel our sin debt on the cross. When he said, it is finished, he meant, it is finished. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Isaiah 43, 1 through 2. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they, were not, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Mercy, grace, redemption, even in the trials. God is our firm foundation. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our stories, even the hard ones. Most of all, Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. When times are hard, Lord, thank you for your mercy and your tender mercy, which was embodied in your son, Jesus Christ, for all of us to know. Thank you for your mercy that is new every morning and can restore dry bones back to life. Thank you for your grace, the amazing grace for which you freely give. But most of all, Father, thank you for your redemption plan for your church for each of us and for me. Although we resist, still you relentlessly pursue. Lord, help us to sprint to you. Help us to be aware of our sin and give us the strength to turn from it and to fight. And at all times, Lord, give us the strength to keep our eyes affixed on you, for you are our hope. Lord, we love you. And everyone said,